My mission is to cultivate inner peace, embrace unconditional love for all, and to be of service to others. This mission statement that we have been dissecting in the past couple episodes and this third episode we will put a wrap on it and just as a reminder going over this mission statement for myself is hopefully an example of why mission statements vision statements for ourselves creating them are very important especially for those of us that have a disability it can provide a lot of awareness and clarity For us, especially during uncertain times, it can be a compass for us when we perhaps don't know where we're going, or it can be something that grounds us and anchors us into the moment, into the situations that we're in when we perhaps don't have an answer. We can at least come back to this kind of a clarity. So in this episode, I'm going to get into service, and like I did for inner peace, And for unconditional love, I'm going to unpack it into several different layers. But before I do, I just wanted to, in retrospect, and and kind of zooming out on this uh, mission vision statement that I've created for myself, really see the first couple parts, the inner peace and the love, to be really internal work that I'm doing with myself. It really, for me, points to a state of being, you know, to have an inner peace during, say, times of turmoil to have unconditional love for all people is more of a state of being. And this part of the mission vision statement that I've created for myself really try to make it more of a verb, you know, having action in this mission and vision statement. I believe for me to be very good in service to others, I must first cultivate the inner peace. I must embrace a state of unconditional love for all people. And then I will hopefully, if those align, be somebody that can fulfill my potential and be in all that I can be for other people. And for me, this is the meaning of life, being fulfilled in terms of peace and unconditional love. That to me is meaning. That to me is equated with fulfillment. Service to others is what I find to be my purpose. I'm trying to make a distinction between these two. Meaning, finding fulfillment. And for me, I find fulfillment in peace and love. And purpose, to me, is the driver, what I'm driving towards. And that is service to others. And so I look at, you know, why did I become involved in in serving others? Well, I can thank my parents for that. As you've heard on other episodes, I point to the times where they initially got me into going and with them as they served meals to, to people that were homeless, uh, meals on wheels to people in the community that didn't have access to food and, and going to see people and living in conditions that you know I wasn't growing up in and got to see people uh, in nursing homes when we would go there to visit as a you know somebody that was young and to see what that life was like for them and to see that when we were there, we were helped to elevate moods and how that felt for me. It felt really rewarding and it endeared, you know, I think the, the bonds that we had as a family. And so I was captivated at that point to really get into service. 
And having a really role model of a coach and a teacher also inspired me to want to be a coach and teacher in my life. And so I remember going to, you know, when I was in the university, knowing that that's exactly what I wanted to do. I, I find those roles to be of service as well. And I did get into a career of teaching and coaching where I focused on educating people and developing their skills and athletics to their fullest of their capabilities to be more rewarding than myself being a student or myself being an athlete. And, and the rewards I got out of that were very small compared to the rewards I was getting out of helping others uh, to get educated and to fulfill their potential in terms of athletics. And it just kept fueling you know, my desire to want to help. I was able to work for uh, several service-based organizations while I was out in Colorado that used outdoor adventure and extreme type of athletics targeted for high-risk youth that were coming out of urban environments to be one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done in my life. We got to work with children who had lost a, a father or a mother, firefighters, during 9-11. We had them come out, and we were able to involve them into many different activities. And, and at the end of the day, we would sit through hours of group counseling sessions to talk about how the experiences of the day, whether they were in the wintertime snowboarding or in the summertime rappelling off cliffs or rafting down rivers or mountain biking or hiking or camping and how all those experiences were metaphors for how we navigate life and what they were going through. It was just further inspired me to continue serving, it led me to working at the Department of Child and Family Services for Rhode Island, continuing to be a teacher and a coach during those times, which led me back to the University of Florida. And, and basically, I got my doctorate in the science of service. You know, I came back here to study how involvement in serving other people helped to benefit not just the, the people that were doing the service, but the people that we were serving, the science of it. And, and the niche I was in was community-based participatory research involving the people we were serving in the process of serving people. And it made it more sustainable, more feasible. People would get more buy-in. And just the amount of programs that I got experience in, in starting or getting linked into, very involved in service learning. That was an amazing opportunity for me to really involve other people and into the learning that can only be done, only can be done when you're working with other people. You know, there's only so much we can learn in the classroom. So I was involved with a lot of experiences that engage medical students or graduate students or undergraduate students in the experiences of serving people in our community. Just amazing. Service learning. What an area. So for me, what, what service is all about and breaks out into is several different areas. First of all, I believe it is a privilege to serve. I fundamentally believe that um, to be of service to other people. And it doesn't have to be for an organization, by the way. It doesn't have to be on a big scale. It, it can be for, you know, be of service to a friend, a family member, a, a complete stranger, just everyday, you know, very, what might seem minor kindness, holding the door open, saying hi, you know, just being good to each other. It, it can take many different forms. But I do believe it is a privilege, it's an honor to be in a position to help serve other people. I recognize not everybody can be in such a position to serve. Oftentimes, people might be in a situation where they, they have to be, for whatever reason, focusing on themselves and not be in a position to where they can necessarily help other people. So for Centers for Independent Living, for example, 
You know, it's run by people who have disabilities serving people who have disabilities. Not all people with disabilities can serve other people with disabilities. But for those of us that can, what an honor. And I think about what an honor it is during this pandemic to be of service to other people. While there's this social unrest is going on, to be of service to other people. You know, for Centers for Independent Living, we have grown to do programs and services we've never done before that meets COVID-specific needs. We're get, helping to get people vaccinated, helping to get people tested, helping to get people resources like food, self-care products, PPE, to them in their homes where they live. We're able to get rental assistance to people that have been economically impacted. We're getting people jobs who had lost jobs due to COVID. What a wonderful honor it is to be of service. Like I see the world being in a lifeboat right now, and there's those of us that actually have the opportunity to have a paddle to be able to direct that boat and to be able to have influence into making other people's lives better. What an honor that is. You know, the, the social unrest that's going on. There's centers for independent living that have been meeting very regularly for a long time now and talking about inequities, talking about inclusion, diversity, intersectionality, these things that are super important topics, more than ever right now that are being amplified. And we've been a part of this discussion for a long time. And this discussion has brought in many more people in recent years due to high profile social unrest that's going on. And here we are, been a part of this conversation, continue to be a part of this conversation, and we'll uh, be a part of this conversation for, for the future. This is something that's impacting society and we get to be a part of this conversation to have influence. What an honor. So the first part of service I, I find very important and valuable is what a privilege and an honor it is to serve because not all people are in a position to serve. That's one. Two, being of service requires for me to really enter into a space of vulnerability. My experiences in serving I've put myself into physical harm this way. I, I can tell you from my experience in working for the Department of Child and Family Services, when I go there to help counsel youth who have been abused, abandoned, and neglected, they're not necessarily stable and can often lash out. And I've been certainly targeted at times by physical violence. I've had to break up people that have been physically violent with each other. That has definitely been a real threat when I was going to be serviced, who's certainly physically, emotionally vulnerable. When helping people, you know, they can emotionally lash out because they're in a very, very bad place and they're struggling and can take things out on other people that have nothing to do with what they're going through and can be traumatic as well. And that's certainly a vulnerable thing. Mentally, it can be very tough too. Where, you know, when we're serving other people, we're seeing and experiencing people. It's almost like uh, going to an emergency room, metaphorically, you know, when you're seeing people who have been abandoned, abused, neglected, are homeless. I've talked on, on this episode about situations where we're serving people, you know, that are families living out of cars and, and in very tough situations. And it, it, we bring these things home you know, with us. It's hard not to bring these things home with us. That, to me, is what I mean by vulnerability. We're, we're, we're physically, emotionally, mentally, when we're serving other people, we're putting ourselves in, into a position where, you know, we can be vulnerable, and that's needed. You know, that vulnerability has fear and all these other kind of things that are in there. So it's not just always feels good to serve people. It takes a lot of courage it takes a lot of resilience 
to be able to do this kind of work. So there's a vulnerability aspect to service that I find very important to acknowledge and to, to meet with the kind of courage that's necessary to continue uh, to do this work. I think Florence Nightingale is a great example too. She went on to be uh, somebody that went into nursing and revolutionized nursing, but she didn't go into nursing even though she was called into it for decades because the vulnerability there was like social ostracization by her family. She comes from an affluent family and they were like, you want to go and do that peasant kind of work? Are you kidding me? And she didn't go into it for a while because of the vulnerability of being really kind of, um, you know, ostracized by her family. And she was, but she revolutionized nursing too. So there's a vulnerability that goes into service. And the next one I would say is humility. Early on when I was entering into service, I had this egoic notion that I I was going to save the world. A very idealistic kind of perspective that, um, for example, when I went to go work into very low-income communities, I thought... I could do more than, than I actually was capable of doing, and that this community needed you know, someone like me to help, quote unquote, save it. Um, that, that's just such an egoic perspective to come into. I remember going into teaching with that same perspective, especially early on when I was fresh out of college, thinking that you know, I would be this excellent teacher because I could relate to the high school students. I wasn't that far in age, probably listened to the same music, had the same interests, watched the same movies. They were just going to relate to me so much better than these seasoned veteran teachers that were out there. Wow, I was humbled really quick to learn that, no, I need to make sure that I have a big distinction between myself and the students, you know, starting out strict and then maybe loosening it up where I came in the opposite, you know, trying to be more their friend and and not necessarily such these like strict authoritarian types. That so backfired on me. And I learned a lot of humbling lessons from that. And the amount of humility, uh, I think, in service is, is huge because for many of us that are drawn into wanting to help others, we have this notion sometimes, or at least I did, that we can save the world from itself, um, be that knight in shining armor, which, you know, at a relationship angle, it doesn't work as well. You know, if, if we're drawn into an intimate relationship, and, and certainly I have been in my past where somebody has been through a lot of trauma and uh, what they need is somebody to love them like they've never been loved before, and that's going to save them from themselves, that'll backfire too. And so, you know, I think a a good dose of humility is often needed in terms of centers for independent living. You know, we can do all the right things, provide all the right opportunities, and still people have the power to independently make decisions for themselves because that's what we're all about. And it might not be the best decision for themselves in the long run, but they have the independence to be able to do that. And we can set up the situation as best we can for them to do that. But at the end of the day, we need to recognize that they're the ones that need to make these decisions and uh, have the humility to, to let that happen for them and to learn the lessons that they perhaps need to learn. So humility, I find in service, is a very important ingredient to it and, and a very high-level value to uh, work towards. The next one I would say is empathy. This, to me, is like a very central ingredient and almost like a must-have in order to be of service to other people is to genuinely care about other people. Certainly caring about people that we can relate to, but I would say even more importantly, caring about people that we perhaps can't relate to. Uh, but because we can envision what it's like to live a life that's not like ourselves, to 
you know, have this critical thinking of, wow, what would it be like to grow up in, you know, I don't come from poverty, but, you know, I can imagine uh, for what it might be like to grow up in poverty. Uh, I have two, you know, grew up with two engaged, loving parents. I can imagine what would it be like to not have two parents that were involved or any parents involved or what it would be like to grow up in a foster home or what would it be like to not have brothers and sisters who have my back like I did, you know, have two brothers and sisters that had my back and and to really contemplate and imagine what would it be like to walk in the shoes of this other person and to live that kind of a life and and really come you know to think about some of those things and through life experiences we may know people in those situations and to better understand you know some of the challenges that people had that we don't necessarily have and to really have that emotional connection to perhaps what it would be like instead of pity you know it's more empathy and to really have that i think is just such a central ingredient into serving one another and so empathy is certainly a ticket to ride and doing that and it's a very important one. It's been you know, shown in recent research that the more empathetic a healthcare provider is with their patients, treating them like a human being, being there and listening to them, showing genuine concern and care for them is more impactful in terms of their health outcomes than necessarily the medicine that they're describing and some of the procedures that they're having. You know, having that bond, being present with people, genuinely caring, we can pick up on that as humans. And so empathy is so very important. Getting out of our own heads, being selfless instead of selfish, huge, very important. Next one would be gratitude. Again, going back to just being thankful. I did a whole episode on gratitude, so I won't belabor the point, but having sincere appreciation for being in a position to where we can give back to others. I know for me, I'm very grateful for the struggles I had in the past because it allows me now the lessons learned to be able to impart that on other people that are going through the same challenges that I once did. So now I'm grateful for the past and the challenges that I have because now I'm in a position to where I can better serve because I've been through an experience. I can now help coach people along through the same experience that I once went through, help guide them through some of the things that I wish I would have had in terms of guidance in going through it. And now I can be in a position to do that. I'm so grateful for those past challenges because now it's put me in a position to better serve. So gratitude is huge. And the, and the last component of service that I, I really try to operationalize is sacrifice. Sacrificio. In Portuguese means sacred work. Sacred because, again, I find so much purpose in service. The meaning you know, that I have in terms of fulfillment in my life is profound. I believe we are neurologically wired to serve one another. From an evolutionary standpoint, it, it's allowed us to, to survive and thrive as long as we have, and we need it in our current times. It is, to me, really the, the fundamental purpose in life, so sacred, and it's work. It is hard, it's difficult, it's something that requires strength, it requires endurance, requires flexibility, adaptability, it's not easy. Most people don't do it, not to the level of work that's often needed, you know, to stay in a relationship, to be there for somebody, to be a part of an organization that does this ongoing work that there's no finish line to it. It is hard. And if it was easy, more people would be doing it. And as a coach once told me, anything worthwhile 
takes work to be able to do that. And that's a four-letter word. Not a lot of people like it. But for me, in terms of serving people, that's meaningful and profound and that has high impacts. It takes work, but it is sacred work. It is so needed nowadays, more than ever, for all of us. So privilege. Service, to me, it's a privilege to do. It requires vulnerability. It is something that can be very humbling and requires empathy. So grateful to be able to do it, and it is a sacrifice, an important sacrifice. I believe that all of us are going to be called at some point in our lives to do or to continue doing. I'm very thankful for, for all those that, that are out there serving, certainly Centers for Independent Living, but any organization that helps to make the lives of people uh, better in any which way, big or small. And I'm also thankful for the service that people just do in their individual lives with, with friends, with family, with just other citizens within community. We, we all need each other more than ever, uh, and then we'll continue to need each other uh, just beyond the, the normal every day. Uh, we got these big pandemics going on. We have a lot of unrest still that is circulating. There's so many more challenges than we've ever faced before. And the more that we can be in service to each other, the more I think we're going to make it through and be better for it. It can be fertile ground for developing the friendships and the bonds and the social connectivity that I, that I think we all need. So for me, going back to you know, the whole purpose in all of this is this really helps to give me a lot of clarity, having a mission statement that says, you know, I am here to cultivate inner peace, embrace unconditional love, and to be a service to others. It doesn't tell me exactly how I'm gonna go about doing this, but it certainly gives me a compass to, to figure it out along the way. The specifics will come in time. But I encourage everyone listening to this, if you haven't already, figure out what your mission statement is. Figure out what your vision is. Take some time to really do some of the self-reflection needed for it be able to write it in a way that means something to you, that you can articulate, that you can say to yourself. I say this to myself many times when I first start the day, intermittently throughout the day, and I reflect on it at the end of the day. How did I do in this? Is it something that is making my life better? And I got to say that it is. And certainly yours is going to be way different than mine. But I, I found it to be incredibly important. If it's important enough for, for organizations and businesses to do, to have a mission and vision statement, it's certainly important enough for us as individuals to do, and, and even as a family, a family or, or a group of friends, it can be very important. So I hope these three episodes connect. I hope they integrate. I hope they resonate. And it's something that I've never shared uh, with anyone, and it's been quite personal to be able to share it. Not necessarily easy for me to do, but if it can help anybody out in, in terms of getting more clarity, about their life and fulfilling their purpose and meaning, it certainly is worth it. So thank you for listening. And until the next time, onward and upward. Thanks for listening to the Independent Life Podcast, brought to you by the Center for Independent Living of North Central Florida. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you know anyone who might benefit from listening, share this podcast and invite them to subscribe too. For questions, suggestions, or if you have a story you'd like to share, please email us at cilncf.org at gmail.com or call us at 352 
378-7474. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, support, advocate, and empower each other to live the independent life.